Hello, and welcome back to Site School, the podcast. I'm Valerie Stimic Bailey, and I am your host to this podcast, which gives you short, actionable episodes on how you can learn to grow and earn more from your blog. Today, we're going to be doing another case study update. So this is something special I do over on SiteSchool.co, where I dive behind the scenes, under the hood, however you want to think about it, to share the backstory on each of the sites that I run. And I don't run as many sites as some publishers out there do, mostly because I am still very involved in my sites and I'm not ready to fully outsource everything I'm doing. So I just have a handful of sites and every three, six or 12 months, I provide an update on them. So in today's episode, we're gonna be talking about my site, Eat Like Bourdain, which is eatlikebourdain.com if you wanna check it out. I love it. Um, there's a lot of Bourdain fans in the travel world, which is where I first started my blog publishing career. So uh, if you're one of those people, you might really enjoy checking it out and using it to plan your next trip. So the site is meant to be the encyclopedia of sorts for everywhere Anthony Bourdain ate during his television career. Um, between me and the people I work with who write articles for me, we watch episodes, we create destination-based guides like city, state, country level guides, and we publish those so that people traveling to that destination can find the guide, see everywhere Tony ate, see what he ate, and then know if the place is open and they want to visit. So let's jump into the 18 month report for Eat Like Bourdain. So I started Eat Like Bourdain in June of 2021. And in the 18 months since then, I've published 69 articles, more or less. Um, I do my 18 month written recap at the start of the month and I'm recording this a little bit later. So there's actually more articles live now than there were when I first wrote the report, but that's okay. It's right around 70 articles, which is pretty good. Uh, there've been, you know, about 80 weeks since the site launched. So we've published almost once a week. But that indicates something in particular because I actually took off about six months from publishing anything on the site because it was not getting indexed. So for a little bit of context, back in July of 2021, there was a major Google core update. And I'm fairly certain that that core update was an Im improvement, uh, cranking up of the sensitivity Google had toward new sites. I think that during the pandemic, a lot of people launched websites and there was a lot of new content that they were trying to index and it was just an overwhelming amount. And so they got more sensitive about what they were indexing. So they were still looking at everything on my site, but they weren't indexing it. And it was very frustrating because I was writing content. I thought it was the best content out there. What was getting indexed and in ranking was ranking number one right out of the gate on a very new site, but only about half my content was getting indexed. So I was really frustrated and I actually took off about seven months from publishing anything new. It was a quite a big gap in that first year where I just didn't have the energy to create new content that nobody was able to find because Google wouldn't show it. So that's why there actually haven't been as many articles as I would have liked, but actually a very good number considering that I didn't publish for seven of the 18 months. So I did a written case study at one year, which was about six months ago, and it's helpful for me to compare the numbers between now and then. So back when I published six months ago, I only had 26 articles. So I'd only published about once every two weeks in the first year of the site. But since then, we've published another 45 articles in six months. So you can see how our publishing cadence has certainly increased. The traffic that I was getting, the maximum I'd seen at that point at 12 months was 14,610 page views, but as of 18 months, our maximum page views is 38,000, about 100. So definitely improvement over twice the amount of traffic, but again, we've really scaled up our content, almost three times the amount of content. So we're certainly trying to get a snowball effect with this site, publishing a lot more content, trying to get traffic to go up. 
Google has increasingly been the primary source of traffic. It was about 80% of my traffic at 12 months, and now it's about 85%. That's very normal for my sites. I get the vast majority of my traffic from Google, mostly because I don't really do a lot of other ways to get traffic. I don't do Pinterest for this site. I have very little email subscribers, so that's not really a surprise. Speaking of email subscribers, I went from zero subscribers at 12 months to over 1700 subscribers as of recording. I rolled out a simple form and people have been responding really well to it. It's a little bit intrusive, but so far the vast majority of people who've signed up have seemed engaged and been opening the newsletter. So I think it's been worthwhile. Lastly, and here's perhaps the most interesting statistic is the total amount I've earned. So in the first year of the site, I earned $102 and 74% of that came from affiliates. So I wasn't really making anything on ads. At the 18 month mark, I've earned $3,000 and 58% of that has come from ads. So I've actually dramatically increased the amount of earning and ads have become a really big part of my revenue strategy, which is my goal. In fact, uh, Eat Like Bourdain made it onto Mediavine at 14 months. And I feel very fortunate that it qualified that quickly. I had a really, really good month with a bunch of discover traffic but it was in line with the trajectory of my site. So even though my site hasn't grown quite as much since I got into Mediavine as it did before in terms of my growth rate, it's still well above the qualification numbers that Mediavine has said uh, needs to be at and it's able to be in Mediavine, which is the pretty much the best performing ad network out there that I've had the chance to participate in. So one of the other things I really like to do in these recap episodes is talk about what I've learned and what I plan to do next. So in the remainder of this episode, I'm going to talk about that in the hopes that the lessons I've taken away from this site are in some way insightful to you. So at 18 months, the strategic takeaways I have are these. First of all, internal linking is crucial to your SEO success. I did not quite understand that until I started this site, which is literally meant to cover the globe. Now, if you follow any of my other sites, you know I'm rather localized. Even my largest site, my travel blog, is generally focused on the American West and over 50% of that content is about Alaska. So I'm generally really geographically localized, but Eat Like Bourdain is the opposite. It is meant to cover everywhere. Early on in the history of the site, I was using my standard SEO strategy, which was start with the best combination of low difficulty and high volume and go after those keywords first, go after those destinations first, and just cover the world eventually. What I realized pretty early on, especially when I was having difficulty getting indexed, is that creating an internal linking structure that was really rock solid would help Google understand when new content came on to the site that it was related to the existing content. So the first destination that I did this for was Portugal. It was four articles, Portugal, Lisbon, Porto, and the Azores. And that is consistently among my top three of 10 posts on my site. The Azores doesn't get much traffic to begin with, but Porto, Lisbon, and Portugal are very high performing pages for me. It became very clear from that though, that I needed to continue building out my content in a very internal linking optimized way. I don't know how else to quite say that, Basically, I go geographically. I let my geography lead me across the world. So in the first year of the site, we've been focused on the first 18 months, really, we're finally finishing uh, Europe. We've been in Europe. So we started, I had Lisbon, and then I did France, and then I did Spain, and then I did Germany and Italy, and then I went over to the UK, and I kind of danced around Europe, but it was always pretty close so that if I was talking about France, I could link to Spain and Spain could link to France so that the new France post could potentially do better. I also tried to link vertically. So if we think of linking between cities in a country or between countries as horizontal internal linking, I also link vertically, making sure that the city always mentions the country, that country always mentions Europe, my Europe landing page always mentions the 
country and back up and down so that everything is incredibly well linked on this site. There's nothing that feels like an orphan for long. There are some pages that initially look like orphans, but I'm usually right behind that page adding more content. And that even includes adding regions that I wouldn't expect to add. So instead of just having countries in Europe, I also have included some regional sections. So there's a Mediterranean tag that allows me to tag all the countries around the Med. There's a Scandinavia tag that allows me to include countries like Iceland, which is sort of on its own. Anyway, internal linking and letting that drive my content strategy has been a key factor. In fact, it made it so that when I was thinking about my content strategy, I wasn't so concerned with the volume or the difficulty of a keyword, because one, I knew my EEAT on the site was very solid. And two, I was more letting the internal linking drive me. So one of the keywords I would never have gone after early in this site, if I were doing my traditional SEO strategy of low difficulty, best volume possible, would have been Rome, Anthony Bourdain in Rome. Rome's an incredibly competitive keyword, has lots of competition, a high difficulty score, high volume. But because I decided to go with geography and my internal linking driving me, I was able to write an article about Rome early on and start getting that traffic much sooner than I would have felt confident doing it otherwise. All this to say, if you're thinking about your content strategy and you're using a sort of EEAT driven approach, I recommend thinking about your internal linking. If you can think of ways to help a piece of content be linked to and from your high performing content on a topic, you can write about things that you might not otherwise feel you can compete on. And even if they don't rank super well, they probably wouldn't have ranked super well whenever you got around to writing them, but they're internal links so people can find them and you can get traffic on them right away. The next takeaway I have is to get help when I can afford it. I have, as you know, many sites and I am always working and that is a lot. So I think I'm capable of writing two posts a week on the site maximum, but I would love to get this project done sooner. So I decided to let go of the reins a little bit and try and get some help. And to do that, I reached out to Anthony Bourdain fans on Reddit and a whole bunch of people who are writers that I had no idea were writers because Reddit's a little bit more anonymous that way, have offered to write and I'm able to pay them not the greatest market rate, but within a fair market rate for their work. And I'm able to create a lot more content that way. So this is a reminder that if you feel comfortable letting go of the reins, or you feel that you want to expand faster, if you can afford to do that because your site is earning a little bit, reinvest, 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 reinvest. The third takeaway that I have is that having a closed project is nice. This Eat Like Bourdain site only has a certain number of posts on it. I do not intend to expand out to other chefs. I don't intend to add other topics really beyond just the destinations that Tony ate. So I've guessed that there's about 200 posts that we're going to write total on the site, we being me and the writers. And that means I can see the end of the tunnel. I mean, it's a long ways away. I said I'm only at about 70 posts right now. I have 130 to write as fast as possible, but I can see that when I reach the end, then the job gets so much easier because it's just about keeping it updated, make sure restaurants haven't closed, things like that. So for me, having a closed loop project like this is very, very nice because I can kind of work really hard on it, sprint for a long time, and then know that the work is going to get a lot easier, but the site will continue to make money. Okay, now let's talk about goals. I've covered the strategic takeaways. Now I want to think about my goals. Uh, I set some goals at the 12 month mark, so I'm going to cover those very quickly. I said my geographic strategy continues, and that's what I talked about with internal linking. Because I'm driven by geography, I can continue to focus on just where the next destination is that makes sense from a geography standpoint instead of a volume and difficulty standpoint, and that's made really strategic planning a lot easier. That's going to continue going forward. I'm working to create consistent content. Uh, I was able to get up to two times a week throughout the last six months, which was a big goal after taking seven months off. 
The site qualified for Mediavine, as I mentioned, and I now have a full email and product strategy. So I created little ebook walking guides for people who go to cities that Bourdain visited, and that has generated a little bit of income on its own. And in terms of what's next for Eat Like Bourdain, the primary thing is that I want to do a content quote sprint to the finish line. Uh, as I said, that's about 130 posts from now, which is definitely a lot more than I can get to in two times a week anytime soon. So my goal is to start to increase to five times a week and to get as much content published as fast as possible in a quality way so that I can then take my foot off the gas and not have to think so much about the site, but know that it's still serving people and it's still earning some money. And then my other goal in the next six months, which has been a real thorn in my side, is to, to launch or to kill my podcast idea for this Bourdain site. So to give you a little bit of backstory, and I'm going down a bit of a rabbit hole here, I had a really great idea for an Anthony Bourdain podcast. And I've actually recorded three interviews for it, but I just can't get it in my head what it's supposed to be in the end. And so I've been really struggling to figure out what this podcast could be, if anything. And with three episodes, I have enough to launch, but I need to figure out exactly what the format will be, what the structure will be, what the value proposition is for people listening. And it just feels a little bit overwhelming. I don't know if I've just had too many other things on my plate or I've been avoiding it. It's been kind of a slog the whole way through, but I think it's something that people could find valuable and I'd like to try it, but I feel like I also have to do it really well. So in the next six months, I either want to get this podcast out the door, get it launched and see if we can get some traction on it, or I just need to let the idea set aside. And I'll probably do an episode just about that podcast at some point, because it is sort of a, an important part of my content strategy with my site. And uh, if you listen to episode two with the interview with Daniel Desir Corbett, you know that we talked about podcasting being a really good opportunity for some site owners. So if I'm going to do a podcast for that site or not, I feel like that's something to address so it can kind of reference how podcasts can fit into your site strategy. Anyway, it's something that's on my mind more often than I want it to be. I'd love to understand what I'm going to do with it and just make a final decision and either go or stop going. Uh, but that's one of my goals. So this was a little bit longer of a recap. I hope it was informational and interesting. This is a site that I have that's a little bit different than everything else I do and I'm treating it differently and I'm doing different pieces of the work, but it's something I've really enjoyed doing and I'm happy to answer any questions you have. If you wanna connect with me directly, head on over to Facebook. There is the Site School Community. It is a free Facebook group you can join to connect with me and other site owners. I would also love to receive your feedback in the forms of ratings and reviews on your podcast player. I am able to see all of those and I can respond and adjust my strategy on this podcast accordingly. And with that, I will sign off saying, I'll see you next Thursday. Be back with another episode of Site School where I'll teach you how to learn, to grow, and earn more from your site. Have a great week.